0: This is Bach to Bach, the podcast opening up the world of classical music, one beer at a time. And today we are rocking out.
1: Back after a four-month hiatus.
0: Thank you for being patient with us. 5 months. hasn't been that long, pretty much. Unbelievable. So we had a lot of things going on, Kevin. I. In case you don't know, we both run our own respective nonprofits. So, uh, and and as much as nonprofits have the uh, the reputation of late nights, fast cars, and uh, expensive drinks.
1: Um, <laughs> those high salaries, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, dollars after dollars after yeah. dollars. Uh, those golden handcuffs come at a <laughs> cost. So, anyway, know, but it, yeah, so we've just a lot of time
1: inundated through the summer. But uh, we we had a great summer with with family and, and spending time in Maine. Matt's first full summer in Maine.
0: And it's been uh, it's been now just beyond a year since we had Norman Wynn on our first, uh, episode, our first episode ever episode for Halloween. So welcome to season two of Bach to
1: Bach. This, this is this it. This is it.
0: We we promise you we will actually do a full year.
1: We will. It won't be just be seasonal, uh, but we are. We're happy to be back and doing episodes again. We have a lot of exciting guests coming up. Uh, but just to kick off, kick off the new season, we have uh, Dan from Rock Harbor uh, Brewing Company
2: up in Rockland, Maine. And uh... how's it going, Dan? It's going great. Thank you guys for uh, for having me. Of we're, course, man. We're looking forward to talking a little bit about the beer and. Joining you in a little music talk too. So. Yeah, it's, it's
0: great having you.
2: We ran into Dan uh, this
0: past weekend. We were up in um, pure,
1: pure, just little beer. run-in. Just like we we decided to try out Rock Harbor, and we were looking for something to bite to eat in Rockland, Maine. And
0: yeah, and and from the side, as we were looking at the beer list, we uh, we heard a voice say, uh, "What kind of beer do you guys like?" And about I think two hours later, we actually we got out of there okay. because we were having this great conversation with uh, with Dan about. Uh, yeah, how the restaurant started, then how the brewery started, and I mean, Dan, why don't you why don't you tell us a a, a brief background on, on Rock Harbor and how it came to be?
2: Sure, be happy to. Um, yeah, it was nice to see you guys the other day. It's, uh, I often start most conversations like that, you know, trying to figure out what because we have at this point in time we have uh, nine different beers on draft, and uh, I like to think mo- something for everybody for the most part. Uh, Rock Harbor started five years ago uh, as a pub. And um, I started that with uh, no restaurant experience. I'd been in financial services, and uh, decided to try something different, uh, which was way different. I did that for a couple of years, and, and you started with home brewing, right? I did. I'd home brewed for about ten years, um, but when I started the pub, there was no there was no brewery there or anything like that. Um, it was just strictly had been a restaurant, um, and I was just trying to. Branch out into into something new, uh, and the restaurant business is as difficult as they say it is. Mm. Uh, so we kind of we kind of uh, I would say struggled along a little bit. We have an absolutely fantastic location in Rockland, and so we're we're right downtown. You can't miss us if you it go down Main Street, Street uh, we're right on Main Street, right on the corner. Uh, so you can't miss us. So that's one thing that we've always been fortunate about. Uh, and so we did the restaurant for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of made a, a decision. I don't know that I ever announced it, but I guess kind of personally decided I'm either going to move on from the restaurant business or do what I really want to do there, which is which is put a brewery in. Yeah. And uh, there was a, a void uh, for a brewery in, in downtown Rockland. Um, in fact, there really isn't a brewery in, uh, within probably 30 miles of Rockland. So um, it made sense to, to move forward with that. Uh, and I actually... Found this brewery, the current one that I have, uh, on Craigslist of all places. That's uh, right, that's right. Yeah. These breweries don't go up for sale at all, uh, but this one happened to, and it was actually down in Portland, on uh, Industrial Way, and so went down, was able to make a deal, and we bubble wrapped it and put it in a U-Haul and brought it up and, okay. and uh, put it put it right in uh, downtown Rockland. And how long from the time that you got the equipment
1: until until you put out the first beer? How much time passed?
2: Yeah, so these dates are one of those like where they're glued into your head kind of thing. So <laughs> we, we purchased the brewery and put it in storage for a short period of time uh, for about two months. We actually installed the brewery July 5th of 2013, and we poured our first beers October 10th uh, of 2013. That's a good yeah, um, of course, we started the licensing process and build out mm-hmm. and all of that prior Um, much yeah much prior uh, licensing process can take you know almost six months to get done so is
0: Maine fairly good about expediting that process or are they inundated with all these breweries kicking up
2: uh, Maine itself is very good about it Um, I was number 43 uh, brewery wise and Maine was very good it's the federal side of it so they're inundated and have Uh, been and they just have a backlog and it just you know it's literally in my particular case, I had two pieces of paper that just couldn't seem to catch up with each other on some right. guy's desk, you know. Um, but eventually, we got it figured out. Um, the licensing went smoothly, and then the state's been very good uh, about adapting to, you know, breweries and different brew festivals and all that stuff. I mean, just yeah. in the, just in the three years that I've had uh, the brewery, the changes have been have been immense. Yeah,
1: and as far as so, when you finally got the first one poured in October twenty thirteen. Was it you that was your flagship which we'll talk about in a second. Yep. But then did you have also multiple at that time or just one beer on tap of your own at the start? Uh
2: when we first started, we came out with two beers. Um one is the Copper House ESB, which you're drinking right now. Which is which delicious. <laughs> which <laughs> really <were you> <laughs> yeah. thank you. Um uh, and we've gone through, you know, different variations of it. Um and then we also had our twin screw pale ale, which uh Again, was was a new beer uh, and that we tried out, and we continue to have today. So one of the long-standing ones. Right. Uh, the the benefit for me where I'm at is that I get to, I get an opportunity to uh, make the beer on site. So downtown Rockland, uh, make it there. We we ferment it, carbonate it, we put it in a keg, and then I get to go and pour a pint glass for somebody and have them try it. Um, that I think that's one of the strengths that I've had as far as being able to being able to, um, make better beer, you know, yeah. grow with, grow with it. Cause you, you mean, got media feedback. Exactly. Right from the customer. Exactly. Right. And I'll tell you that this copper house doesn't taste like the copper house of October, 2013, you know, yeah, it yeah, just, it, yeah. it's yeah. different, you know, whether, whether for good or bad or whatever, everybody has different tastes, but yeah. I like to think that we, we moved in a positive direction with all of our beers and it's that direct feedback. We can change it on the fly um we're not there's not there's no bureaucracy when it comes to change you know major changes in it i can literally change the you know the poundage uh on a malt on a malt profile uh, just whenever i feel like it mm-hmm. so which is one nice thing in this, as far as the state goes and federal licensing how all that works is that we're not required to have at least distributing within the state of maine and i'm not sure how true this is everywhere else but we're not required to have like a set recipe Right. You know we can we can build within the within the realm of the uh, of the style, so which is a nice which is nice for me.
0: Tell us a little bit about the copper house because this is delicious right
2: here. Uh, the copper house itself is uh, pretty malt forward, uh, very light on the hops. I use I actually use uh, a sugar in this beer uh, in the whirlpool, uh, which mm. gives it that sweetness, yeah. sweet smoky taste uh, towards the end. Uh, the reason that people like this beer, if you like amber, red, browns, you know, a traditional ale, uh, it's the right fit for you. Um, kind of has a, a profile
1: that could fit any of those any of those palettes.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the, you know, a lot, often we're a pub where we sell other other beers as well. So we have Sam Adams La Grand Draft, for example. And if we have somebody walk in the door, they don't know where a brewery or they're not familiar with our beer and they want to go to the safe side and, and, and order that Sam Adams lager, we'll point them in the direction of the Copper House and we'll say, you know, give this a try because this is, this is a beer that, you know, you can be comfortable with. You can have a few of them there. It's just about 6%, not quite. So it's a little bit high up there, but it's not bad for an ale. Um, but again, it pairs very well with food um, and it's, and it's drinkable. I think that's what, you know, I think that's yeah. what. What would be
1: your dream pairing of food with? Copper house?
2: Um, I think the copper probably plays well with like a shepherd's pie, something oh, like yeah. that. It's good call. Or, you know, or like a, you know, some, some kind of like uh, real homemade, uh, you know, think of. I would, whenever I go to Thanksgiving, I always take growlers of this, you know, and we good just problem. pass this around the table. Yeah. People love it.
0: But well, you guys have such a, a great uh, range on the menu at Rock Harbor, uh, at the pub. You. No matter what you're into, what kind of style of food and what beer you're drinking, there's there's this endless variety of pairings as well, which is nice to have. You have the shepherd's pie, but we had I had a haddock sandwich that day. Had the tomato pesto with grilled chicken. Yeah, yeah, and it all and I was I was taking down the stout, and that it worked perfectly with it. It was I don't know, something about it.
1: Yeah, and uh, now this wonderful we started in October 2013. How is it selling as your as like you know, the beer
2: that founded the whole kind of the brewery based around? It? How is it selling in comparison to the rest of your beers on tap? Sure, great question. Um, this beer, since the day we put it on draft, has outsold every other beer that we've had. Um, that includes uh, domestic beers like Bud Light, for example. So this beer has done well all across the board. Uh, if we if we were to to take all of the IPAs, for example, mm-hmm. and lump them into one category, they would they would course you know blow this out of the water because we have you know we have three different IPAs that are um, your own right yeah three well three regular IPAs and then I do two other that are one's an imperial IPA and one's a double IPA right and so you know if you put all that together obviously you know from a style standpoint um, but this beer always does well Uh, it's a go-to a lot of times people will have one of our other beers so we have a, a imperial stout that we have on nitro and again those double IPAs and might have one of those, maybe two of those, and then go back to the copper cool, you know, something like that. So yeah. it's drinkable. Cool.
0: It feels like if this may be a broad generalization, but it feels like if you if you like beer as a whole, this is something that everyone can get on board with. Oh, yeah.
1: And so that's a good. good way to get your foot in the door with just, just tr- whether trying beer or just trying Rock Harbor beer. It's, it's great stuff. That'd be a great And It's a it's point.
2: And it's a, I, no, it's an, it's a uh, fairly, in, at least in. Today's market, it's a fairly non-traditional. I mean, it's a very traditional beer. So an an English style bitter is is extremely traditional, but you just don't see it. Yeah. Um, And because of that, its hesitancy to stand out. Uh, For example, when we take our beer to a local place like the Great Lost Bear, for example, in Portland. Uh, if you look at their beer list, which is substantial, yeah, uh, yeah. if we bring an IPA, we're just another IPA over here. If Would we bring an ESB, if, though, that's right. If we bring an ESB, it's us and you know Shipyard's Old Thumper, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, so yeah, that's and right. so cool. it just it's it's an ability to, to take something something Different, yeah, of course. And and it's also you know it's a beer that uh, Gritty's built their business on. I mean, sure. their best bet is you know what. What really, they started is that the, the pub style is that theirs? It's actually called Best Bitter, it's, it's called Best, Best Bitter, bitter. Okay. yeah. And uh, and they, I don't think that they do as well with it today because of I think the name people are associating bitter with hoppy, and so they're not selling that beer at the rate that they would like. But it's a fantastic, fantastic beer, yeah. it continues to be so.
1: Awesome, and uh, before we dive into the piece, just reminder that you can get these at their location on Main Street in Rockland, Maine. And if you live in Southern Maine, it's an hour and a half drive. Super easy day trip.
0: Not just uh, super easy, but it's also a beautiful day trip. Yes. And no matter what time of year, especially now, I get up there now because the, it's shoulder the season. All the all the people have gone home, and Route One is is a clear drive up. We had no problem getting up, and it's worth the drive. Yeah. And, uh, and stay for lunch too. Yeah, please. It's, it's oh, it's always oh, a great pairing. Uh,
1: but since they are called Rock Harbor Brewing Company, we decided to uh, pair this with the work of Rachmaninoff, playing on words, uh, and so...
0: Because we, we're clever. Because, well, mm-hmm. I mean, 64% of the time, we're yeah, yeah. clever. Um, uh, Anyways... We, we've only touched on Rachmaninoff one other time, I think, one other yes, episode. Yes, and so this one, we,
1: uh, we're we going to kind of uh, look at Rachmaninoff through the eyes of Paganini, uh, for those who don't know, and so this... Uh, Paganini was a composer and violinist in the 1700s or early 1800s, and he was so good, and he wrote music so extreme that people thought he was possessed by the devil.
0: He was the first. Uh, he was the first musician who we always associate it with uh, Ozzy okay. Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, he just he just sold the soul, not for music, but just sold the soul. Um, you know, there's stories of musicians selling their soul to the devil for the ability to play their instrument really well. You hear some blues guitarists talk about that. But uh, this was the original. This was the guy who first was accused of of making a, a pact in order to be able to play the way he did. So. Yeah. And, and at
1: the time, at the time, nobody could play his pieces. Nobody, except for him. But now, every, everybody, but a lot of people, a lot of very talented musicians can play his pieces. Um, his, this piece called Caprice Number no. 24, which is a, basically a theme. And then he does like about a slew of variations off of it. And it's a very simple theme. It was written and kind of finished around 1815, 1817, around there. We're looking about almost 200 years ago. Um, And so it's a really short theme. Um, And let's just actually let's dive and take a quick listen of like a 30-second clip of that now so you can get it in your ears. And so then, like so, Sergei Rachmaninoff. This is now jumping ahead like 115 years. 1930, 1934. It was finished, um, and actually premiered this piece, uh, a rhapsody on a theme of Paganini. It's called um, in Baltimore, actually at the Lyric Opera House.
0: One of my favorite cities yeah. of all time.
1: Uh, and oh, he man. actually was the pianist that played with the orchestra. Actually, he doesn't really do that very often. But in the United States, he came in 1934 and premiered it with. Uh, in Baltimore at the Lyric Opera House. Um, so what he did was he t- basically took that theme from Paganini, inverted it, flipped it, and then oh, turned from minor, so very dark, kind of not the most uplifting feeling, to a slower, major, brighter, happier tone. And he wrote a 30-minute piece based off that. We're only going to listen to like a two and a half-minute chunk, but basically, you, if you can kind of keep that Paganini theme in your in your brain. And think about how he flipped it upside down and then turned it from minor into major, and it's this beautiful piano piece. And actually, I found out that uh, Bill Murray, when in Groundhog Day, he was playing this uh, on the piano. Uh, so it was like, little little snippet, of Bill Murray as you know, true Chicago Cubs fan that he is. Um, little feature. So we're listening to this little segment of Rhapsody on a Theme of Paganini uh, by Sergei Rachmaninoff, uh, and then we will dive into. Uh, some more Rock Harbor info so take a listen to the good work of Sergey Rachmaninoff
0: So we're drinking uh Rogue Wave now. We've moved on to the double IPA. While you guys were listening to that piece, we were also, and we uh, we've moved on to uh the second B here. Uh Dan, tell us about this this double IPA, because this is this is what kept first hand. I love the name to uh How'd you,
1: how'd you get the name? Because I love the band Rogue Wave. And I don't know if you've ever heard of them or not, but that's you know, anyway, continue. <laughs>
2: yeah, I haven't heard of the band. Uh this uh I think all of our names for the most part have some sort of uh some sort of ocean or uh, nautical theme. Yeah. And so when I think about a beer that, um, I mean, a big beer like this, so 9% ABV, um, well-balanced uh, up front, but then you get this kind of wash of hops in the back. And then, so that's kind of where Road Wave for me was born. You get that just kind of hit in the face with it. Um, but I, all the names that are just, I'd make them up. Nice. As I go, uh, I never go in with a name, uh, and that's part of it, just have to try it first. That's a good idea. Uh, but this beer is, like it's very malt forward. Nine uh, percent, we use uh, a lot of grain to to reach that, and then we just back it up with, you know, a ton of dry hopping. You, we, you said I uh, use you use Cascade, you use... Uh, Cascade and Columbus, Columbus, for the most yeah. part, and yeah. then we use a little bit of, um, well, I say a little bit, but we use Mosaic um, in the dry hop with the yeah. Cascade and Columbus, too, so... Nice. Yeah, it's a fun beer. This one has gone over very well. It's this
1: is, this is the first one I tried when I went up to the the pub. You, for the you first just time. had
0: this look on your face the moment you took a sip. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of
1: felt like, oh, well, that's it's good. uh it's it's pretty fantastic, and it's uh what? No, I asked you the same thing with the with the Copper House. What would you say would be a great pairing for the uh, the Rogue Wave Double IPA? Um,
2: yeah, yeah, it's a little trickier because there's so much flavor. I mean, a lot of people when they have this one, it's you know maybe their first beer. For the eat, or it's that it's that kind of nightcap Mm -hmm. style beer. But um, if you're gonna have something of this, I would say something a little bit heavier, maybe uh, maybe a steak or uh, like a heavy fish like tuna or something like that. Yeah, you know, or steak fish kind of. Um, This beer, uh, this one is funny. This beer was initially designed as a uh, a winter beer. Oh, okay. So, um, much like our Imperial Stout, which has been the only, the only one that's kind of maintained that. But, uh, you know, it's a heavier beer, higher alcohol content, uh, and so initially designed for that fall to, to early spring season. And what happened was uh, the popularity of it uh, demanded that we keep making it. Now, here's the question. Because
0: you have such direct access to your, to your audience. Do you get to even see what times of, what times of day beers become popular or, or start to wane? Like, do you see it down to that minutiae or, or is it more, because obviously you can see it seasonally how it trends, but can you track it down to days of the week, that sort, that sort of thing?
2: Sure. You know, we can, I, mean, I can drill it down as far as, uh, as, far as we want to. Um, one thing that we notice at Rock Harbor is that uh, beer is something that goes pretty much all the time. Uh, you know, we get people in there. We open at 1130. Um, and because we're a brewery, people are, people are in there to try the beer. And right. um, we have something that nobody else in Rockland has. Uh, and they could choose to go to a number of different restaurants. And so we find that the beer, that focus seems to stay most of the time. Yeah. I would say that um, we have a very strong uh, 4 to 9 o'clock span where people are getting out of work. Um, they want to, you know, they can't have anything at lunch or whatever. So beer, they that come, that come that in. Beer, yeah. yeah, and they come in after work and they can try some of the beer. We do a, uh, we do a ton of flights there. Right. So a flight for us is, you um, get to pick any any four of our, you know, eight to ten beers, depending upon how many we have on draft. you um, get a four-ounce sample. And uh, those go very well. All mm-hmm. summer long, we're just, you know, pumping those out. And usually what happens is we'll... Serve a flight, and then somebody gets a pint or a couple of pints from that. But it's a way that everybody that you can try the, the diversity of beer that we have. absolutely right. So, and yeah. it's a
0: diverse, yeah, it's a diverse lineup. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so we, I have, I have definitely some more follow up questions, but before we do that, I'm really curious. Um, I know I only showed you snippets of both the the Paganini or the original theme, and then what Rachmaninoff did. Would it ever be music you think you would ever listen to on your own?
2: I think the uh, the first piece that you played yeah. of the two, um, uh, which ha- seemed to have it was a little more upbeat, a little more energy to it. Yeah, a little more yeah. energy to it. Um, the second one was, was very good, and, and um, but but I think if I were ever ever listen to it, it would be it would probably be that first one. Yeah, yeah. And, and is that something that's like driven you?
1: I mean, do you have any background in like not even? I know you're not a musician, but listening to classical, brought
2: up with classical music, has it ever been involved in your life in any way? Um, short of really like, you know, kind of old movies and that kind of stuff where some of that's introduced, um, I haven't really spent any time, wasn't anything that my, you know, my family really listened much to, but, um, but you know, I've heard, I've heard some along the way and then, you know, whenever I get a chance to go, uh, you know, if we get a chance to be in, in New York and, and, you know, check out the opera or something like that, we're listening to that kind of stuff or, yeah. um, you know. Uh, it's nothing that I usually seek out, yeah. but it's interesting to you know sit here and talk to you guys who are so passionate about it. You know, you get, there are pieces in there we were talking about, you know, off air, uh, just those little nuances of the music that I didn't catch at first, but when you said it, and I, and it, you it, know, it, it made it sense. It clicks, yeah. yeah, and it's incredible. I mean, there were and actually before
1: Rachmaninoff wrote this rhapsody. Um, th- uh, there was about, like, uh, Franz Liszt, uh, Johannes Brahms, uh, and a few other composers actually, like, did this with the Paganini's theme, the theme we heard first. They actually did their own variations on it, too. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I think, s- sticks a lot more. And we were saying it sounds like an MGM Gene Kelly movie theme. It was yeah. a nineteen forty soundtrack from the what Brock Bonin says. It just has that... You know what it reminds me of? Uh, the end of Ocean's
0: Eleven... Yeah, with the with the fountain. Well, it would make yeah, sense because he's writing. You know, he he's writing what would have been modern popular music at the yeah. time. I mean, that was what people were listening to. So, although we maybe use it as classical and and while while you guys were listening to the piece and we were listening to the piece, uh, you know, I I came out with the, the confession that I I really don't enjoy piano music on the whole. There's a, there's a few exceptions to that. And that's part of the podcast is making sure that you guys at home can can. You know, have your opinions heard too and you know it's okay not to like some pieces and it's okay to like them and you know, this, is, this is kind of this, this is a bit about finding out what what you guys are into So I think uh,
1: contextually it by itself I would the rock bottom I would never listen to yeah. if I heard it in the background to a movie though I think it would be very, very fitting yeah Yeah. so I, I think and I would, I would enjoy much more in that context as someone who's you know like live needs some brief classical music yeah. I still would be like, meh outside of that realm so, Yeah, well, but it's...
0: Uh,
2: have you ever been to the symphony? Not that I recall, no. That's your homework. So. Okay. Okay. okay, that's my homework. Right.
0: Well, and what's really neat is the PSO here does uh, an amazing job not only doing classical programming, but also uh, programming that works for folks who may not normally go to the, uh, to the theater.
1: Wait, can <laughs> I plug this right now?
0: I'm going to plug this
1: upcoming event.
0: Well, before you do that, because Kevin and I just the other uh, few weeks back... Uh, we checked out, um, they, they did a, a, what was it, an Ode to the 80s? It was a, oh, oh it was the, the Classic co- rock, no, the class rock Orchestra? The that Classic the Rock Orchestra. Monster. And the PSO came in with the local musicians and just did everything from Toto's Africa. To pa- Panatar. Oh, Meat Loaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and you had this full orchestra back in them. And you had it was a packed house. It was great, and it, it was it was. I actually amazing. talked with them
1: afterwards, the the PSO staff, and they actually got a lot of complaints from people over seventy that was too loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, you know you're doing something. Here right. we go, yeah. generation yeah. gap. Okay, we know you're doing something right. Um, but you, yeah, but, but yes, So i um, do this now. So s- tying in beer and, and drinking with the symphony, we've done this in the past. But um, I served on the committee with the Portland Symphony called uh, for an event called Symphony and Spirits. So what we do is we pick four concerts a year with the Portland Symphony. We team up with local bars or or uh, whether they are beer focused or cocktail focused. This time it's cocktail focused, and we uh, for twenty five dollars if you were between the ages of twenty one and thirty nine, you can attend the Portland Symphony and get a cocktail based off the programming of that, of the symphony for twenty five bucks. So you get a cocktail at a Portland, Portland Hunt Out by Club. On Market Street.
0: And, right. it, and, it, and each time it, it moves it around. It rotates, So we, yeah. last time we were at Rum. Um, Yeah, uh, And we'll have one in
1: December, Magic of Christmas, at Bolfini's. Novare
0: Res did one in... in oh, May, I don't know
1: like yeah. But uh, that way we, we, we team up with local yeah. breweries awesome. and, and, and local bars and, and promote classical music in a whole different light to an audience because uh, for the Portland Symphony, 3% of the audience was below the 8 to 39. Wow. Um, so we wow. really try to promote, uh, you know... And what better way to enjoy music than? They're hammered, it. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so you know, it's, uh, it's, like it's fun. Oh, it's great! It's, it's great. a good time. It really is. Fun. We'll get to the symphony. It's gonna happen. All um, right. uh, but yeah. So uh, t- so tell us about some upcoming things that are happening for the brewery, both as as a company and also what you do for the community around you.
0: Yeah. The...
2: Sure. So um, Rockhart Brewing Company is uh, uh, actually this coming week uh, signing a. Uh, uh, we're closing on excuse me this coming week we're we're closing on a uh, new building for a brewery, and we will be uh, starting the build out of that immediately following uh, uh, doing the, all that paperwork. Um, and basically, what we're going to do is we're going to put a 15 barrel brew house uh, about a mile down the road from where we are currently. Uh, we'll be keeping the the brewery and the restaurant. So all we've talked about, you guys come down and visit. You be able to still find us there, and yeah. we'll still be brewing on that system. Uh, but just a mile down the road, it's going to be a 15, 15-barrel uh, 15 brew house, which is about four times what we have right now. Um, will that allow for distribution eventually? Yes. So we hope to be open and distributing by uh, June or July of 2017. That's going to be great. And are you planning on canning or bottling? We plan to can. Awesome. There so we go. So we're going to have a, a tasting room on site as well. Uh, and this space is right on Route 1 and just south of just south of where we're at okay. so if you're coming up the coast and Can't you're yeah and you're headed to you know rockland or camden mm-hmm. or or even further north like bar okay. harbor or whatever uh you're gonna have an opportunity to stop in there grab a pint um plan to have some food trucks on location and That's all great. kinds great. of stuff um <laughs> you can pick up cases of uh, cases of beer fill growlers uh we're gonna mm-hmm. have some outside seating uh, live music so all kinds of stuff going on. Excellent, and, I, and there's
1: definitely a, not a revival, but uh, ever-growing scene in Rockland. It's not becoming a seasonal destination. It's now becoming uh, an
2: establishment year-round. Yeah, we're moving in that direction, which is exciting. I mean, it's it's moving towards uh, kind of the Portland model, where it, it truly is year-round. I mean, you don't you don't come to Portland even in February, and you know, and the bars aren't busy, or you know, there's no stuff going on that's that's tied with local charitable organizations or the symphony or art galleries or whatever it might be and then Rockland's moving you know moving that direction um, yeah. we have the Farnsworth Art Museum and the Strand Theater and multiple galleries that are right on Main Street yeah. uh, some world class restaurants
0: and the um, and then
2: and then what's what are you doing for the local hospital in Rockland yeah so um, two years ago my father was diagnosed with prostate cancer and um Last year, uh, I took it upon myself to try and find something that correlated with what we were doing as a brewery and a restaurant with the ability to give a donation. Um, and ideally, you know, I wanted to give the donation really to focus on um, ideally men's health, prostate cancer, that kind of thing. Uh, the month of November, um, a lot of people know about No Shave November and bring awareness to that. Uh, and so... We looked into, um, I looked into basically, you know, what, what our beer, you know, beer sales look like for the month of November, right. and this was just last year. And it turned out that, um, you know, I looked at those, and by donating twenty-five cents of every beer sold in the month of November, we were able to donate thousand dollars to um, cancer research. And I decided to actually do it to our local hospital. Um, what so hospital is that? Yeah. Penn Bay Medical Center. Pen Bay, right. Great. And it's their, the actual donation itself, um, again, although in my mind geared towards uh, a little bit towards men's health, just based upon my own family uh, experience, uh, the actual donation goes to um, the people that are suffering from cancer and whatever care they need and also the caregivers. Right. So, oh, right. you know, if people need to be bused to the hospital or, or, you know, back and forth in between radiation or whatever it might be, um, or somebody needs to stay in a hotel room or whatever it is that makes them more comfortable.
0: That's an aspect we don't always think about when we think about someone going in for treatment is the, the network that surrounds
2: it. Exactly, exactly. And even though my, my father, he ended up going to Augusta to do that, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, he went every day, six days a week uh, for uh, almost three months. Wow. And um, thankfully, I'm happy to say that he's cancer free. That's said, fantastic. Um, he had a, uh, a fantastic experience with, you know, with the hospital and all of that. Um, but uh, so, anyway, so that was really important. So, and we were happy to do that. The difference between last year and this year is that uh, we didn't really put anything behind it last year in regard to letting people know. Okay. Um, we didn't advertise it at all, we didn't do anything like that. It was more of a personal thing for me. I had an idea of kind of what I wanted to donate, yeah, um, and then I was able to correlate that with our beer beer sales, and so it made sense to to go that route. And it was a way to kind of quantify for the people that had come in, you know, for the month of November, because I was kind of doing a little bit after the fact or just towards the end of the month, yeah. But kind of correlate and say, you know, hey, you came in, thank you. You know, uh, I know you've been in and had a, a few beers throughout the throughout the month. You know, you're a portion of what you, you know, you coming in went to benefit somebody else. Yeah. And the people that are coming in don't have to do anything. It doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't. Yeah. So they just come in and have a beer and we're taking 25 cents of that beer. It doesn't matter whether it's rock Harbor beer or a bottle of Bud Light or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So what we did this year was, um, ahead of time in October, we teamed up with the local hospital, of Penn Bay. Yeah. Um, and we, Started putting out some press releases and getting the word out. There's some signage in the restaurant. Um, been picked up by um, a couple of the local papers and that kind of stuff. So my goal eventually would be that every restaurant and bar in Rockland um, maybe follow follow this lead, and then maybe someday in the entire state of Maine, start a
0: big trend. I mean, that could, that absolutely. Is- you know. Especially if it's supporting, you know, each goes to support its local mental community.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would be my take on it. Is you wouldn't donate it to Penn Bay, but you would say, okay, where, you know, maybe we do it to the National Cancer Foundation, or maybe we do it on a state level in Augusta, or or mm. you do it to your own, or maybe you have somebody in the community that you know is suffering from cancer that could use an extra couple hundred bucks or whatever Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing too is it doesn't have to be. I mean, the way I make it work is. I do it with we sort or of a brewery. Yeah. But if you're a wine bar or something like that, you want to do some kind of percentage or you, you know, sell hot dogs. You know, I don't know what it is, but I think if we can get, if we can kind of get some excitement around that and maybe build it up, I mean, there's a huge amount of revenue that could be generated. Oh,
0: especially summertime and between Camden and Rockland alone uh, with all the, the cruise ships that come through, the yep. tourism, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, we do ours right now just strictly in the month of November. Yep. Um, and... Which I think a lot of people can get behind, because you have had a good summer. Right. Usually, in that case, um, I mean, I don't know. there are many bus- businesses that can be, in, you know, around in Rockland if you don't. Most of your stuff isn't done in the summertime. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And um, and so I feel like it's a good month to uh, to kind of just bring awareness you know Absolutely. And to do something and, and again it, it's just we're starting it we're doing our thing and then we'll see what happens but we hope to donate somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,500 between beer sales and also you know we, we're also collecting private donations and cool. doing a few different events and that kind of stuff too So that's spectacular now how do
0: people how do yeah. people find you? you know, how, how do people find, find you?
2: Uh, best way to find us is on Facebook okay. um, so you can find us obviously at Rock Harbor um, also we have a website so rockharbor.me. So okay. uh, it's not rockharbor.com that everybody puts in, but all right. rockharbor.me is in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you just search us on Google, I think that's sometimes the easiest way to do it. Um, we uh, we constantly have uh, posts up about you know what we're doing, different beer that's on draft, um, all of that stuff. So if you if if you, if you really want to follow what's going on, I would definitely recommend the Facebook avenue. So right. Absolutely,
0: that's where we we'll go.
1: And uh, we are at the end, which means
0: our trivia questions. Well, and it, and it's going to be a new year, so a new quiz. quiz. So, we're... do you want to switch roles this time? Oh, we can absolutely switch roles. So, so, before we got to just give you a quick background. So, last year we went with we were going with five trivia questions, yeah. and they, they were mainly music focused. And what we got was um, they they were broad enough that people could could answer whether they had any experience or not, um, and the answers completely varied. Um, but as it's a new year, we're, we're bringing it down a bit because we're going to try to keep each episode much more compact so that you guys at home listening can, can put this on, 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 on in your way to work, in the gym.
1: Um, uh, That's it. No other place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so two locations.
0: Completely forbidden beyond that. So we're going to go with a, a three-question setup. Okay, but we're going to switch up
1: roles. Yeah, so I always had the number. He always had the question. Now, if you can figure it out, number guy, question guy. There we go. Your you head is going to be smooth
0: sailing for me. All right, here we go. All right, here we go.
1: Right. First right. question, from, Well, first question. First answer that comes to your head. Okay. Yeah, just, just got ready a reaction. In. Yep. Number one. What type of beer best describes your personality? IPA.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Oh, shoot. I ruined it. Go for Not it. Not
0: even one episode in. You're both guarding it already. <laughs> nice
1: one. All right, number two. What would be your ideal superpower? Fine. Okay? Yeah, all right. And finally, number three. Alright. So what celebrity would you want to try your beer? What celebrity, whether male or female, would you want to
2: try your beer? It's a good question. Denzel Washington? <laughs>
0: yes! Man, that's probably the most... So- I, I don't Trading even know, day how many its it's I don't know how many other people we're going to have on this year, but that already we were, is. We were, we were, we were at Disney
1: last night and we saw... The
2: guy's the man. I mean, the John name. Q?
0: Is that was, the name of it? Was that the, the movie where he is yeah, the where, father where whom... the kid. Yes, yeah, okay, that right. was it. You that was good. Or whatever? Yeah, yeah, and he and he and he holds the hostage. We uh, yeah. hold the <laughs> hospital <laughs> hostage. Yes, that's right. it. That's what you're here for. There
1: not the go. brewery. <laughs> nothing about what you do for a living. <laughs> not it. about your profession or your passion. But Denza Washington
0: trivia. That's right. <laughs> Well, right. then, Dan thank you so much for not only sharing your beer with us but for, for coming on down uh, awesome. Dan's come down from Rockland uh, and, uh, and spent his afternoon with us which has been brilliant again you got to try these beers you can again find them online at rockharper.me right
1: no our, our is it rockharper yes Kevin, you're right correct right. I'm All wrong right.
0: sorry so Kevin doesn't win the award for short-term memory today uh, we, we had the, the Copperhead
1: Copperhouse there we go pause see nope nope it's, that's going in there that's in there we I, had the my, Copper my, my mistakes are in there you can't get away with it okay? we have
0: the Copper House and then the uh, the Road Wave Double IPA yeah. uh, both of them just you find our Rogers. location
1: on Main Street in Rockland it's an hour and a half drive from Portland right up Route 1 uh, it's a beautiful drive and beautiful place to attend and, uh, to a visit and Great food at the pub. It, yeah, it really, really is eat. a stellar menu.
0: I mean, I know there's uh, pressure because he's here. We can't badmouth. No, it. we seriously. came away. We came away. If you, you saw
1: that. how I was eating the tomato
0: and pesto chicken sandwich, if I had a love affair with it. Head 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 of it. it was oh, amazing. I want to marry it. The focaccia bread on it and the homemade chips. The homemade chips. Yeah, look at that. So. Um, absolutely worth the trip, folks. Uh, and you can listen to back to bok on your way up there. It's a perfect podcast a for the goes. perfect so drive.
1: Welcome back to season two. Uh, we have some exciting episodes coming up, some brand new guests, brand new uh, beers, brand new music, uh, and to get you excited about
0: drinking more and listening more. As always, uh, follow us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe. Don't just download. Subscribe because iTunes uses that to determine who they like the most, and, and we like to be liked. Um, check we, us out online. we have no friends. So that's how we, it we really don't. Uh, Bach2Bach.com. Also, we're on all the social media platforms, and who doesn't love social media? Yeah, Bach. To
1: Bach, not the number two, like Tupac. Actually, he was not number two either. So, anyway, striking out. Yeah, uh, it's a really bad day for me.
0: So, uh, follow us, subscribe, and uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank until you the guys, next time, appreciate it. cheers. This cheers. has been block the block.